When it comes to selling on social media, there really is no quick fix. Selling a product or service online takes building trust and consistent branding, neither of which happen in a short period of time. And let's face it, no one wants to feel like they're being sold to. In this podcast, I offer tips on selling on social media without sounding like a salesperson. You're listening to episode number 11 of the Social Media Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Marilena Lamp, and it is my purpose to help you grow your revenue and increase your online presence with practical and inexpensive online marketing tips. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Social Media Mompreneur Podcast. In this episode, I am going to be talking about everyone's arguably least favorite topic, and that is sales. People tend to be afraid of sales, and I think the reason for that is that selling requires you to be in a vulnerable position, and there's a high chance that you're going to get rejected, so it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. But the reality is, in this day and age, we no longer can rely on the if you build it, they will come mentality. There is too much competition out there, and there's so much noise distracting people that in order to close a deal and in order to gain prospective clients, you really need to be doing outreach. But before you can be doing this outreach, you need to build a relationship. You need to build trust. That is truly what sales is all about. So today I'm going to give you tips on how to do that through your online channels. It probably doesn't surprise you that people are more likely to make a purchase from someone they trust. Now, whether your platform is YouTube or a blog or social media channels or email, regardless of how you do it, you want to make content that is relevant in your field and shows that you are an expert in your industry. And it doesn't have to be about your product specifically as much as the industry as a whole. For example, if you're a health and fitness coach that sells certain protein shakes or a workout program, it doesn't always have to be an expert about those items. It can be an expert of how to stay healthy just in general. So maybe you're posting content about how to stay healthy and fit and eat well while you're on vacation or during the holidays. So it shows that you do more than just selling your specific product. Another way to build trust is to offer freemiums that are related to your brand. So going back to that health and fitness example, you can offer people a one-week example of a meal plan or a one-week example of a fitness plan just to get people on board and interested and see that if this is working for you for a week, imagine what you can do for them for, I don't know, three months or whatever your trial is. Another example of this, I used to work for a bakery and we our main product was sourdough. And one of the freemiums that was offered was recipes that were related to the bread. So it wasn't just buy our bread, go home, eat it as a piece of bread. You can also make bread pudding or you can make grilled garlic bread or you can make panzanella. So we, we were trying to show that we were experts in the field of cooking using the products that we sold. I think the best way you can build trust with a prospective client is to be honest. This shows that you are putting their concerns over your sales. And I think that is just an absolute admirable thing to do as a business person. So for example, let's say that I'm interested in a skincare product that will get rid of my melasma, which is a real thing. I do have that. 
I would rather someone tell me, actually, I'm not really sure if that can do this for you, or I haven't heard of anything, but you can try it out. Or, hey, actually, this other product might be better instead of this really expensive one that maybe I was looking at. I'd rather that because then I know that that person is genuinely listening to me and understands what my problem is and isn't just trying to push a product on me. And then setting high unrealistic expectations. If that's the case, if they set that high expectation and now I bought this expensive product and I'm expecting it to do something and it doesn't do that, in fact, there's no evidence of it even being able to do that, that person has lost me as a customer for life and probably going to tell other people like, don't do that. They're not in it for the right reasons. So moral of the story is you should always be honest with your customers as a way to build trust. Which brings up another point. You should know your product and your service well, but not just the technicalities behind it. So say that you sell essential oils. Of course, it's really good to know how your product was produced and the history behind the company and what is or is not in your product as an ingredient. But what people really care about is what value does your product bring to them. For example, does this product help you sleep better? Does it help you ease anxiety? Does it help you lose weight? How can you mix it to create a cleaning product? So people want to see what value it is that your product is going to bring them. This is what should be highlighted in conversation. This should be the focus of it. Usually this is an intangible value. And one way that you can deliver that is that you can share your own story about it, or you can highlight other customer testimonies about how this product or service helped them. And again, this is not about the technicalities of it, but more so the intangible value that this product or service provided them. So how are you going to know exactly what value your prospective client or customer is looking for? That takes active listening. So you want to make conversation with your prospective client or customer, whether this is over email or through direct messages on social media, or maybe comments in a blog or a vlog post. However you do it, you want to engage them in conversation. Here's the key. You want to listen more than you are speaking. And instead of preparing your response to whatever they have to say and just blurbing out the standard script that you send everyone, listen and ask open-ended questions out of genuine interest. Once that you've heard your problem, then offer your solution, but make sure that your solution is catered to exactly what their problem is. And I know that that sounds like a duh, no brainer. I'm so surprised to see how often responses come back that are like, here's our product. Here's what you should try. It's like, wait, did you not just hear that I can't have that or that I'm allergic to that? Actually listen to what your customer is saying to you. Oh, and my absolute biggest pet peeve is interrupting people. That to me says that whatever you have to say is not nearly as important as what I'm about to say right now. So please actively listen to your prospective client and customer in order to cater your product or service to exactly what they need and what they will find valuable. And by the way, that pitch should never be part of your very first conversation. A pitch should happen after you have built a relationship with that person. So if your main platform is email, you see that 
they are opening up all of the emails that you send out once a week or however often you send them out. Or if you post on social media, you see that they have been liking and commenting and you've been doing the same with them, right? It's a two-way relationship in terms of prospective clients and customers. Once you have set that relationship, then you have the opportunity to ask them, And the chances are they're more likely to purchase from you because you have built that relationship and you've built trust with them. As opposed to you see that maybe they liked something on someone else's page and you say, hey, I see that you're into paleo. Come try our product. Why? I don't know you. Why would I suddenly decide to try your stuff? So and with all the competition out there, there's a high chance that I already have my arsenal of products that I use if I'm paleo. So build the relationship, build the trust with your customer over time, and then pitch them. Another tip is to evaluate your copy. So go back and listen to your podcast or reread your emails or watch your YouTube videos, whatever platform you use. And consider, does the way I'm speaking to my audience, does it sound like I'm speaking to one close friend? Nobody wants to be addressed as a crowd. We listen to this individually. We watch this individually. We read this individually. So we want to have that one-on-one relationship with the content that you're putting out. At the end of the day, people want to do business with other people, and they want to do business with people who they trust. So when you're putting out content that is speaking to one person specifically, when you're addressing that one person face-to-face, you're building that trust with them. Okay, now let's get into specific copy for a direct message or a personal email. So maybe you see that a prospective client has been opening up all of your emails and has been spending time on your website or has been engaged with your social media content. So now you want to send them a personal message. In this message, you want to be complimentary. You want to point out something specific that spoke to you, and then you want to make your offer. Make sure that you're not being offensive in this. So you don't want to be like, hey, I saw that your website needs a lot of work. My gosh, are you stuck in 2002? Right? You want to say something that makes them feel good about what they're doing and that shows how you can provide them value. So for example, you could say something like, if I wanted to send a message to a small business owner and maybe I work on building online directories and websites, I'm making this up. I would say something like, hey, Melissa, I really love the aesthetic that you you use in your events. I've been to a few weddings at that same venue, but nothing compares to the beautiful blushes and cream colors that you have brought into that venue. I noticed that your business isn't listed on some of the major directories. This is such an easy way for new clients to find you. This is something I can actually help you with, and it really wouldn't cost you too much to update your business on these sites. Let me know if this is something you'd be interested in talk soon, right? Something that's simple, something that shows that I went out of my way to look at all of their aesthetics, to look at their content, and to see how I can help improve it for them. So there's an example of a message that you can send to someone. Keep in mind that even after building trust and a relationship with this prospective client, there's still a chance that they could say no. And that's okay. That is part of the sales process. But understand why they declined it. Is it because they can't afford it? Is it because it's just not their focus right now? Is it because they just don't see value in it? Understand that in order to change your approach in the future with other prospective clients. 
Of course, if they said yes, that's awesome. Job well done. That was your end goal anyway. But if they do say no, don't let that discourage you. At the very least, you made someone familiar with your product. Now they're aware of what you do. Now they're probably going to pay more attention to you. And if they ever do need that product or service in the future, they'll know who to go to. In addition to tracking whether or not someone made a purchase from you and potentially the reasons for doing that or not, I also encourage you to track your sales and when you started communicating with people. This is called a sales cycle from start to when you actually close the deal. So understand your sales cycle. It's unrealistic to think that someone's going to make a purchase from you within a week versus months or maybe even years. Think about the last time that you bought from someone online. You probably started following them, started seeing what they're doing, started liking their posts. And then once they made an offer, you started thinking about, hmm, well, I actually kind of trust this person and they seem to know what they're doing. And so maybe I will purchase it from them. I can honestly say that the last time I made a purchase from someone online, it took me about three years, which is a long time. And I'm definitely one of those people who has to think about it and evaluate all my options and do my research and really be committed to buying that product, knowing that I definitely want that product. And of course, the more expensive a product is, the longer the sales cycle is. So keep that in mind. Have some patience with yourself. And lastly, practice makes perfect. Know that the whole sales process is not going to be easy or comfortable or pretty at first, but it does take time and it does take time to understand the language that you use and to understand exactly the value that your product or your service can bring. And also to find your market that is interested in that product and your service and the value that it can deliver. You don't want to sound rehearsed, and I know at first it seems like you just want to read off a script and check the box and be done with the sales process, but the more that you become familiar with your product and your service, and the more that you practice this, the better you're going to be in the long run. Well, that wraps up everything for this episode. I hope you gained some valuable and helpful information on how to use social media to land new customers. Until next time. Happy selling without sounding like a salesperson.